This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in the prophet Micah with prophets denounced, the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord of the whole earth, O little town of Bethlehem, and a remnant delivered. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God shall come, he does not be silence. Prepare the way of the Lord. Shower, O heavens, from above and let the skies rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation may sprout forth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and it will be forever. Amen.
A reading from John, chapters 15 and 16. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak from himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is the name by which you will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. He shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This is the name by which you will be To the Father. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This is the name by which you will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. You shall have Small Catechism, page 323. 
What is the third article of the Creed? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, <clears throat> last week we talked about the second article of the Creed and the object of our faith, namely the very atoning work of our Lord, that perfect and sufficient saving work for you and for me. We made the clear point that faith has an object it is not its own object. So the question we have today, which is the point of the third article of the creed, is how do we have that faith? How do we have that faith that looks to Christ alone and not to the self? That faith that Peter had when he was walking on the water, how do we avoid the wind and the waves of life? Well, St. Paul explains this to us very clearly in Romans 10. He says that all who confess and believe that Jesus is Lord will be saved. All that confess and believe that Jesus is Lord will be saved. And then St. Paul turns to Scripture to highlight exactly this point that had been proclaimed by the prophets long ago. Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, how do we do that? Well, St. Paul gives two explanations, one a little longer than the other. The first long one continues on here in Romans 10, and he begins to ask several questions. Well, how? How can you call upon the Lord and be saved if you've not believed in the Lord? And how can you believe if you've never heard the word of the Lord? And how can you hear without someone preaching? And how can you preach the good news of our Lord unless you are sent? And those who are sent go forth, they preach the gospel, they preach the good news. And St. Paul says, faith comes from hearing, hearing through the very word of Christ. Well, think about this. This is the very mission of what we aim to do here at the seminary, to form servants in Jesus Christ who will teach the faithful, reach the lost, 
and care for all. How? By pointing them to Christ. By preaching the very word of Christ that all could call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. By hearing that very word of Christ. I said Paul can put this even briefer, and he does. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit who makes known to us the very deep things of God, the very Spirit that allows us to know who God is. Apart from that Holy Spirit, you cannot confess that Jesus is Lord. You cannot know that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father apart from Him. Now pause for just a moment here and think of this. It is only by the very working of the Holy Spirit that we can come to know Jesus as Lord, come to know that He indeed is the truth and the way and the life. And it is through knowing Him by the working of the Holy Spirit through the Word of Christ that we come to know the Father. And what does the Father say? The Father says at the baptism of Christ, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And again at transfiguration, he points us to Jesus, the very Son, the one in whom he is pleased. But then he adds something. He says, listen to him. Well, how do you listen to the Son? This is what St. Paul was describing to us. You listen to the Son by hearing His Word, and it is the Spirit at work through that Word driving you to the Son, making you to know that He indeed is Lord, that He is in fact the perfect and sufficient atoning sacrifice for you, for me, and for the whole world. And all of this to the glory of the Father. Do you see what Scripture is doing for us? It's the very thing that the creed is doing for us. It places Jesus right at the center, at the very heart of our faith. This is not by our own doing, not by our own strength, not by our wisdom, not by our thinking, but by the very working of the Holy Spirit that would drive us persistently to Christ, who makes known to us the Father, who points us right back to his Son, who promised to send to us his Spirit that we would hear his word and come to know him. It is Christ who stands always at the center of our faith. If we wish to be properly Trinitarian according to Scripture, we must be Christ-centered, and this we are by the very working of the Holy Spirit. This is also what we see in our Gospel lesson today. This is what Jesus makes known to us with abundant clarity. Think about what he says here. The very end of John chapter 15, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of the truth, as the Greek has it, the truth, not your truth or my truth, but the Spirit of the truth, the one sent by the Son, the one proceeding from the Father, Jesus says, He will bear witness about me. 
some people often ask, how do we know that we have the Holy Spirit? Scripture is very clear. Your eyes will be on Christ. That is how you know, for the Spirit drives us always to Christ. This is what Jesus is saying. The very Spirit of the truth sent to you by me and the Father is going to bear witness about me, will always drive you to me, that you would know me and the very work that I have done for you. But then Jesus says, as you come to know me by the very working of the Holy Spirit, you will bear witness. You will go forth, as St. Paul says, that others too may believe, that others too may call upon the Lord and be saved. How? By preaching, by teaching, by giving a witness of your faith, by the very power of the Holy Spirit pointing people to Christ. But then a few verses later, Jesus brings all of this together for us. He says, I have many things to say to you, not other things, many things, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth, the very Spirit sent by me, the very Spirit proceeding from the Father, He will be your guide into all the truth he will not speak from himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak. My friends, here we begin to glimpse into that mutual indwelling of the Holy Trinity. It is the Father who sends to us the Son, the Father who begets eternally the Son and proceeds the Spirit for us, the Spirit that points us always to the Son, who takes now the very truth that is Christ, declaring it to you, not speaking from himself, but speaking as he is, the very Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. And he will declare to you all things, and he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The very words of Christ he is going to take, proclaim, declare to you that you would see Christ to the glory of the Father. And then Jesus ends, all that the Father has is mine, and so I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here we see that beautiful truth of the Holy Trinity, the co-eternal, co-equal Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the work that they do for you and for me, and for especially our salvation, that we would come to know them. So take stock of all of this. Over the past several weeks, looking at this brilliant and beautiful summary of the creed that Luther gives to us. What is it that we see? We see all that God does for you and for me and all that he gives to you and to me. But most especially, as Luther emphasizes, you see the beautiful gospel and good news laid out and proclaimed for you in this creed that God created you. He did so with purpose, that he redeemed you, that he frees you from your sin, death, and the devil, that he has brought you to faith by the hearing of that gospel, that he has bestowed his gifts upon you, that he will raise you from the dead 
and that he will give you eternal life. There is no greater comfort than what is here confessed by us in this creed. And yet, despite that incredible comfort, as I said when we began all of this, it's all redundant. It's all found for us, clearly proclaimed in the scriptures by the prophets of old and by the apostles. There's nothing new here, and yet it's indispensable for our faith as we go forth properly catechized in the scriptures, as we go forth, as Jesus says, by the power of the Spirit and with his word to bear witness about the way and the truth and the life, to point others to Christ as the Spirit works through his instruments, through his wonderful, holy, baptized children, that others would come to know the wonderful and glorious salvation that we have in Jesus, in this to the glory of the Father. Last thing. Luther says about the creed that we have more here in this creed to study and to preach our whole life. And indeed we do. We have here the wonderful, incredible creation and redemption and sanctification of our Lord for you and for me. It is a treasure like none other. And the opportunity to take that treasure to others is an opportunity like none others. So let us all delight in this gospel and this salvation that we have in Christ, knowing that indeed the spirit of truth takes us forth to proclaim the very word of Christ that others could come to see that salvation in Christ to the glory of the Father. Amen.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us.